right, let's talk some football. Let's talk some Niners. Now, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, I would say has had a very good run, but not great because you haven't won a title, right? I think you need to win a title to say that it's been a great run. It's been a very good run. It's been a successful run, relatively speaking, to get to a Super Bowl, to get to NFC Championship games and all that stuff. It's been a very good run. But Shanahan wants it to be great. So Marv Levy, not great? Or is that an exception? Why do you do this? We just went eight, nine minutes on UFO pictures, and now you want to derail me one minute into this segment. I'm just wondering, like, where do we set the bar for greatness without winning a championship was my only thought. But I'm sorry. Carry on. Individual versus team. But I digress if you allow me to. Uh, Zero titles for Kyle Shanahan, right? At least we could all agree on that when it comes to his tenure in San Francisco. Uh, Burt Breer of the MMQB recently wrote that to him, 2023 is an all-in year for the 49ers. Here's what he wrote. With the offseason program winding down, the coaches will get a few more looks at both Sam Donald and Trey Lance running Shanahan's offense and what's shaping up as an all-in type of year for San Francisco's loaded roster. One that's been to three NFC title games in a Super Bowl in pursuit of the franchise's sixth championship. So, Burt says that this is an all-in year for the Niners. Would you agree with that, Rami? I wouldn't call it all-in. Because all-in and our friend Kyle Madsen wrote a piece making, making a similar point. To me, that means it's it's a gambling term, Nick, and I'm not... I'm not much of a gambler or a poker player by all means, but I know all in, that's what you say when you push all your chips to the center of the table. And it's like, we're going to do, I'm going to win now or I'm, or I'm done. I'm out. Like it's not going to happen after this. They're not, they're not doing that. And the way that you do that in the world of sports is by pushing all your future assets to the center of the table and put it, putting all your bets, all your hopes into winning this season, this hand. I don't think they're doing that. I I would use a, a different analogy, and it's a term I use often when talking about the 49ers. I always say they're in a Super Bowl window, man, and Super Bowl windows are fleeting, and windows open and windows close, and it happens at different speeds. But it, there does come a time in any franchise when you're talking about a core or an era of like the Shanahan uh, Lynch era, whatever it might be, where the window is going to be as open as it's going to be. Yeah. Like, like yeah. It, it's not going to get more open than that. And then it starts to close. And like I said, it opens and closes with different speeds for different teams and based on different factors. But I do think that when you look at some of the decisions, some of the some of the the choices they're going to have to make coming in coming years and just the age of some of the guys on their roster you're going to have to make decisions with George Kittle, Eric Armstead, Debo Samuel, Trent Williams is about to turn 35. Brandon Ayuk's contract contract is something that that might be a question mark in the future. Drake Greenlaw's contract is some is something that might be a question in the future. I don't know if the window will be more wide open. I think it starts to close after this year. How yeah. fast it closes? I don't know, but I wouldn't call it an, an, an all-in year where they're pushing all their chips to the center of the table. The first thing I thought about when I saw this from Burt was, could you truly say a team is all-in on any season with all due respect to Brock Purdy if their starting quarterback is Brock Purdy? 
Like all it's a in, fair question. Like all in to me screams you would do everything you possibly could to get the best quarterback that you could get because the quarterback is synonymous with winning in the NFL. So, you know, is it an all-in year when you have Mr. Irrelevant as your starting quarterback and the unknown of Trey Lance and, you know, paying small money for Sam Donald to see if you can somehow, some way, you know, make him a reclamation project turned good for you? I don't think any team that has Brock Purdy as their quarterback can say that they're truly all-in. Because all in means all in, mm-hmm. and it starts to me with with the quarterback position. All in would be like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, right? Yeah, I, I would also say this. You know, you you kind of just went through the uh, the contract issues, and there are going to be several contract questions over the next couple of years. And you know, Debo and, and Ayuk, of course, you got to settle that situation. Ayuk's going to be looking for an extension after this year. Debo's money uh, allows him to kind of be traded or released next year without too much of a hit. Not saying they're going to do that, but you've got to come up with an answer about Trey Lance here sooner rather than later. Of course, Nick Bosa is expected to get his big contract extension during this uh, offseason or preseason. So you have a lot of contracts to figure out and a lot of situations to figure out. But the vast majority of this roster, Rami, is signed through 2024. So if there's an all-in year, it might be next year and not so much this year because a lot of these guys are settled already. A lot of these guys are likely going to be, very likely going to be, Niners next season as well. So mm-hmm. I, I have a tough time deeming this all in. I also have a tough time deeming it all in because it, it means that you've reached the point of desperation, that you're willing to do anything and everything to win a Super Bowl, and I don't think the Niners are there. Uh, you know, I, I think San Francisco, look, they could be trying to trade future picks for players right now. That That's kind of a all-in move, but instead they're not. They're not doing that. They had one big splash in free agency because they had the cap space. They use their compensatory uh, picks, and and when you look at what they've got next year, in 2024, they're back in the first round. So you have a first-round pick finally next season. They, They right now lead all of the NFL in compensatory picks for next year's draft. So, you know, to me, like, as you said, push the chips in, empty the cupboard, whatever analogy or cliche you want to use, it is truly that level of desperation that you're willing to give up anything to add a player to push you over the top. And I don't think the Niners are sitting there thinking that. I think the Niners look at this roster and say, we can compete this year, we can compete next year, and with the draft picks that we're going to have next year, we could be even better maybe in 24 and 25. It is not a dire situation. And all in to me, Scream's kind of dire. It's it's do or die right now. I'm sure there is a more recent or maybe even better example, and I'm showing my age with this one. All in was the Vikings trading for Herschel Walker. You know what I mean? That, that was all in. That was trading all your future for this one guy who you thought was going to come in and, and put you over the top and win now. I think the 49ers... Even if they don't win this year, and we talked about Nick the the idea that push really comes to shove in terms of the quarterback position. If if Purdy and Lance and Darnold all fall on their face this year, and and that position ends up being the reason again, you don't win a Super Bowl. But even if that's the case, they're still going to get another crack at it with a different quarterback, and 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 most of this roster and this core intact for the next few years to keep them in contention. I just don't know if if they can if they can match this level in terms of the roster that they've put together 
in the coming years. I think their chances start to dwindle in the coming years. I don't think the window just slams shut on this team, though. And that could be Burt's, you know, his point to this. And maybe it wasn't framed the way that he wanted sure. to frame it or whatever. He might be, you know, looking at this saying that the window's closing. And I would agree that, you know, you look at this team – Two years, three years is probably three years max with some of the situations they've got coming up. Trent Williams is a guy we haven't mentioned. He's 35 years old. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey's not going to be run CMC for two or three years, I don't think. Hopefully he is, but we know the history of a running back position. So, uh, I, But I would not say that this is an all-in year this year. 2024, we might be talking about that. Possibly, yeah. Especially if the quarterback uh, position does not play well enough if they have to push a bunch of chips to the center of the table to go and get that dude at quarterback then then we might be talking all in at that point and I would say that would happen if if you don't get to a Super Bowl this year um and the quarterback position is the reason why or a big reason why yeah you got to say to yourself it's time that we go bigger you know bigger and better they tried that with Trey Lance obviously it didn't work so far yeah but at that point, you got to pull the trigger on something uh, more significant, more substantive than Mr. Irrelevant. And say, okay, well, he had a great, you know, small sample size in 2022, but ended up not being that guy. Uh, Maury Brown will join us to discuss the A's Vegas deal being in big time trouble. We'll have that more in 90 seconds. Cattles and Robbie. Cattles and Robbie. Sacktown Sports. All right, let's jump to the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. And joining us right now is our friend Maury Brown, senior reporter, contributor for Forbes. Uh, Maury, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, let's start with this uh, Vegas A's Nevada thing happening. Nevada lawmakers did not move forward with the A's relocation deal last night. Is this deal getting closer to being moved to life support, Maury? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it clearly is going to move. Um, it's, it doesn't sound like they're going to do a special session for it. Um, it. It was one of those things to where they said that there were other priorities, um, which would mean they'd have to move it to next year's legislative session. And, and so who knows what happens between now and then on that. But uh, it, it was certainly not the news that the A's wanted to hear. And I think that there were some general concerns. I mean, you know, the, the, the financial part of it um, had a lot of open question marks to it. Um, it seemed to come in really hard and fast at the end, which is normally something that, you know, keeps the public from um, garnering any pressure. And now that's all changed. When this thing first started to to brew up, they made it seem like this was a done deal. The, the A's to Las Vegas. Is there some sort of benefit when you're trying to push through a deal like this to make it seem so certain in, in the way that you that you put the narrative out there? Well, of course. I mean, of course, you're going to use whatever, you know, levers you can pull. And those are largely, you know, lobbyists that want to go ahead and say that it's going to be beneficial um, from every angle and there's no risk. Um, Of course, like I said, this came in right at the end of the session. And I think that while some of that may have been a byproduct of timing, some of it is also by design. I mean, it really doesn't give a lot of time for people to go ahead and digest what's in a very complex, you know, legislative bill. The public doesn't have much time to speak out on it. And I think that was more of a design, you know, feature, not a bug for the A's that ultimately didn't work out. I mean, I think that there was still enough time and there was still enough going on out there to where there were, you know, people at the state level and at the county level that looked at it and said, some of these numbers 
questionable. And we need more time to look at it. Maury Brown is with us here, Cattles and Rami, Sacktown Sports on this Tuesday. Maury, if Vegas says no and Fisher's unwilling to foot the bill privately, where does it leave everyone? Yeah, this is a great question. I, I guess in the same place we've been for over 20 years, which is a lot of really nice renderings of ballparks and no real ballpark <laughs> ever comes from it, whether it's been Fremont or whether it's been San Jose or whether it's been the Howard Terminal in Oakland or whether it's Las Vegas. And it, we've gotten a whole lot of really pretty computer renderings and no real ballpark. Now, I, I, you know, again, it sounded like there was about an $88 million difference in Oakland. I think the idea of going to Vegas was, oh, wow, this is going to be a lot easier to do. I mean, Vegas is a lot about doing business. The construction is something that is a lot more easily done there than is in Oakland. And uh, again, it just, I think it was surprising about um, how fast they came through. And some of the numbers were just questionable. I mean, if you're sitting there going, you know, around 7,000 unique tourists are going to go to A's games every night. And that is a really lofty figure to mm. try and reach. Yep. You know, hey, great. The, the Yankees are playing. The Dodgers are playing. Great. You know, let's see how that goes when the Rockies or Marlins come to town. At what point does this become irredeemable for John Fisher and he's got to sell the A's? Well, I, I would have loved to have seen it about 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I mean, it's embarrassing. It's just embarrassing at this point. You know, and, uh, you know, in fairness, you know, Lou Wolf, who was involved in this prior with the A's, he couldn't get it done either. But, again, there is got to be some pressure at some point. I know that Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, has gone to bat for these guys, right? But there does become a point to where it's like, you know, if if you could sell that the A's for over $2 billion, I mean, make it happen. It's just hard to push guys out. I don't. I don't know if fans understand how difficult it is to persuade somebody to leave. You don't believe me? Go look at what's happening with Daniel Snyder and the Commanders in the NFL, and how tough that's been. Maury Brown from Forbes is with us on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Maury, let's jump to this PGA story. Your first reaction to the PGA DP World Tour and Live Golf all agreeing to get together, which was announced today. Uh, it, it, gosh, how can I put this on radio? It's really disappointing. It's <laughs> yeah. disappointing. It's disappointing. It, it is strictly a money thing. But I, I got to tell you, I, I can't even imagine the players, Roy McIlroy, Tiger Woods, those that were loyal to the PGA that got out there in front of this thing and stuck with it and took, you know, loyalty over money. Imagine how those guys are feeling. And and it, this is a situation in which they were found out about it over Twitter. And it was just handled poorly from start to end. And, and look, it, it's money on the front end and the back end. I, I think that there were so many lawsuits going back and forth that it made it impossible to try and extract yourself from that. And then I think it was a matter of, well, let's, let's look at how much money we can make in this. But, guys, I mean, in one of those lawsuits they sat there, you had Jay Moynihan going, we, we can't be involved with the Saudis here because of, you know, these um, human rights issues and bringing up 9-11, and now you're going to crawl in bed with them? It, it's, it's disgusting on one level. I understand it because it's money, 
but I mean, on principle, it, it's it's a disappointing thing. And we we heard uh, we played a clip from Jay Monahan earlier in the show saying this is not about how people are reacting today to this news. It's about how they'll react down the line. And basically, what he's saying is everybody's going to be so rich in the golf world, and golf fans will have nowhere else to go but this new alliance that we've made. So it doesn't matter how upset people are today. Is he right? Is there any blowback or repercussion to them doing this 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 shameless 180 that they've done here today? Well, I mean, once you crawl in bed with the devil, I mean, you can't really back out. Right. I mean, there is no there, he there is truth to that. And this is this is a, a really um, sad commentary on sports and fandom. Um, there is no if you if you they're basically cornering the market. It's basically a, a global monopoly at this point. Players can try and go ahead and do something on principle, but it, they're really stuck at this point. And you know, there's guys like Phil Mickelson and Greg Norman sitting there going and laughing all the way on this sort of, this situation. But I don't know how the players from the LIB and PGA Tour are going to sit across from each other and all yuck it up and do this, you know, maybe in the next generation, but right now, I mean, it, it's ugly. And there's a lot of people that are upset about this now. And I think that there will be people that will look at this as nothing more than pure greed and it'll be difficult to swallow. Last one for you, Maury. And again, we appreciate your time. Does this open up the door for other sports leagues? Should we anticipate more Saudi money being funneled into U.S. pro sports moving forward after this move by the PGA? Well, they, I, I would imagine they've certainly tried. I mean, look, they've already got designs, I think, on F1. And I think that if they could get their hands on purchasing F1 from Liberty Media, they would. So, look, I, I – I do think that they want to look into this sort of thing. And, you know, this is more than bragging rights. I mean, sports does make a lot of money. And there is the idea of basically, you know, washing away some of these human rights elements by getting into sports and being able to have people look beyond that sort of thing. And, you know, people of principle hopefully won't. Maury, thank you for your time. Tremendous stuff. Hopefully we catch up with you again soon, my friend. All right. You guys take care. Thanks so much for having me. Thank, Thank you. you. Maury Brown again from Forbes on the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Uh, that's one of the concerns that I have is that, you know, look, we know that there's been shady money involved in leagues forever, right? But you do wonder if you're looking at this situation play out, does this open the door for the NFL, for the NBA, for other leagues to say, hey, the PGA did it. We won't look as bad now if we do it. And it's an awful commentary on how the world works, but that's how the world works. Yeah. The PGA opened the door to this. Especially when, like he said, you've cornered the market. If the NFL were to get in bed with with the same people that the PGA did, where would we go? I'm not going to stop watching football. I need football in my life. <laughs> I've just been conditioned to need football. I, I got nowhere else to go. I know man. it's not, you know, it's you know not seen I mean? as a professional sport, obviously, but you know, the WWE has their deal with Saudi. Yep. And, I, and I watch the two pay per views in Saudi every year. Yep. Speaking of shady dealings, what is going on with these great questions? Who is who's rigging this thing? Who, JJ, are you telling them to give Nick a great Same, question? Brother. I th- they those getting were, worked over here in that, were, on that side of the box. Those are just oh, those are fine questions. Damn, don't tear great, down the questions. Great questions. questions. Uh, yeah, they're good. Set up great answers too. <laughs> great, great job, <laughs> Nick. <laughs>
Thank Great you. Great job by you, Don't brother. do that. Don't do that. Scoreboard red 2-0. Uh, Cattles. That's that's what it came out fine the gate questions. Two. I mean, they, I mean they, they were first one. They were they were the questions that we needed answered, but they weren't like I don't know. Then you know what, Rami? Maybe you should start asking the first question. I know. I could hear it in your inflection that you were trying. You were almost there, baby. Keep trying. <laughs> they were fine questions. I'm not saying they were bad questions. Something's up. That's all I'm saying. Feeling it or fraudulent next. Or is it fake? Truth or Fugazi? It's time to find out. It's feeling it or fraudulent. All right, we'll bring our guy JJ in here. We'll talk about uh, Adam Silver and John Morant. A few things that have been said the last uh, few days that caught our attention. JJ, take it away. Yes, sir, Mr. Cattles. That was a great question. Do we keep that? Oh, okay. <laughs> great statement, I should say. Great statement. My yeah. bad. <laughs> We're going to kick around the John Morant topic here, fellas. We'll begin with Adam Silver last week at a Boys and Girls Club in Denver, of course, right before the finals. Feeling it or fraudulent, we'll begin with you, uh, Rami, since you need some help today. (laughs) Adam Silver said, I feel across the board, regardless of what people's individual views are on gun rights, everyone feels firearms should be handled in a safe way, and waving them around or displaying them in a certain context is no consistent with gun safety and is not the proper message that an NBA player, particularly of Jaws level should be sending to the tens of millions of followers he had. Silver said that I end quote Rami filling it or fraudulent on Adam Silver's comments of gun safety on Ja Morant's situation. I'm feeling it. Um I, I but I think that's only that's only part of it. He he he's making it he's making it seem as though or at least that statement makes it seem as though that's all there is to it. But the second part really kind of lets you know what the other side of this is. Jay, we've said it many times on this show that John Morant is, as they say, not about that life. And Adam Silver doesn't want John Morant to be about that life, to you portray. Not, stop pretending. Exactly. You're not hard, as Shannon Sharp told him. He doesn't want John Morant or anybody else who represents the NBA uh, being about that life or trying to portray that they are about that life. There is an image to upkeep for any business, and that is not the image that, that the NBA wants to try and sell with their young superstars. So feeling it, but it's not the whole story. I'm feeling it from Silver here because I, I think this is a genius way of handling it. What he's doing is he's just stiff-arming politics. He's not going to get into the political conversation. He's not going to turn this into a state-versus-state Second Amendment war on the hands of the NBA. He's like, look, man, this isn't about politics. This isn't about state law. This isn't about gun rights and all of that. He's trying to stay away from the gun rights and, and gun conversation in this country while also addressing the issue with John Morant, who is running around with guns in his hand. It's a, it's a very delicate balance, and I think Silver did a very good job of threading that needle, which, you know, shouldn't surprise you because he's he's got a little bit of uh, – doesn't have some, some lawyer in him, right? Yes, some he former does. lawyer. Do you think that needle needed to be threaded, though? Because I haven't seen the gun rights activists come to Jaws' defense necessarily. I – uh, those those aren't the people that when, have come running to defend jobs. Look, this is this is all what you have seen on Twitter and other places, right? Um, I, I at least saw some people when the second incident happened. Uh, you know, I, I saw a lot of 
why we worried about John Morant, you know, with a gun in a car when we got all these other things going on with guns in the country. People were starting to, which I think is conflate two different sure. things, which is ridiculous, but that's what people do now. There, there was some conflating of the different topics re- revolving around guns. So I would also say that even if it wasn't specifically addressed, Adam Silver is getting ahead of it. He wants to try to get ahead of it just in case it does pop up. He can say, well, I told you it's about safety. It's not about law. It's not about gun control. It's not about gun rights. It's not about not about any of that. It's about safety. And the NBA is, is all for safety. And I would also say that let's not forget, you play in the NBA, you play in any of these sports leagues, it's a privilege. This is a private entity, and uh, they're going to do what they're going to do. So I'm feeling it the way that uh, Silver handled. Well, we're not done there, fellas. Our second piece of the puzzle is we've heard Jaws Camp come out. We've heard the uh, the different slogans they've preached upon with their T-shirts. Now we're hearing another story about this latest gun situation. Let's slide over to the Breakfast Club and hear what they had to say. All right, y'all. I got some uh, inside source stuff here with uh, John Morant and the mm-hmm. uh, whole case with his gun and the car and all that. So we all know he was already issued a warning. He had a history of this, but... My sources say that the relative in the car, in the backseat, had a toy gun in the car. The gun is not real and was playing around with it, passed it over to Ja, and that got caught on the line. He had it in his hand. Now, the video was sent to uh, Adam Silver, NBA, allegedly. They have it, and they said the gun looks extremely fake, like it's obviously a toy gun. But uh, according to my source, allegedly... Uh, Adam Silver is still going to go through with the suspension looking like it should be about 30 games, even though they know it is a toy gun. I know they, I mean, it has an image and it's a private company. They can do what they want. Mm-hmm. But I just want it to be known that it was not a like, Yo, a it, real gun. Well, I'll say this. Filling in the fraudulent fellas, we've heard different stories from Josh Camp on many different situations. And if it is a toy gun, I'll let you speak on that. Filling in the fraudulent, that John Morant story. It was a toy gun, Nick. All right. I'll be the first one. Fraudulent. Uh, number one, this happened weeks ago, and nobody said anything about a toy gun. Nope. And if you're going to say something about a toy gun, you know what you could do to really, really be transparent? Show the gun in question on Instagram or give the, the, the toy gun to a reporter and say, this is what we had in the back seat, and address it right away. Day, like, if I was going to get in trouble, if I was John Morant and I was looking at a serious suspension from the NBA, the first thing I would say is it wasn't a real gun. I'd be on the phone with Adam Silver. I'd be texting people. I'd be calling. I'd be screaming from the mountaintops, not scurrying behind closed doors to talk to the breakfast club of all places. You could FaceTime someone. To say it was a toy could gun. could FaceTime someone. Yeah, that, show That is true. And it's never a good sign when it takes you two weeks to come up with your story, right? It was a toy. It's a toy. <laughs> oh, I just thought of something. It was a toy. No, that, and it's laughable, really, how bad a story it is, Nick. And the other reason why I think it's Fugazi is this goes back to our alien conversation in the last hour, which is that along with the high-quality cameras we're all walking around with, Twitter and social media just littered with detectives. You know what? I remember, remember when the uh, who won, who won the uh, the draft lottery? The the Spurs. Remember, oh, yeah. when, remember when their logo was barely displayed for less than half a second as the guy was transferring the cards to the podium yeah. where Adam Silver was standing. Like that's that's how good people are when you talk about social media detectives. If that thing was a toy. 
Somebody would have gone through that thing frame by frame by frame and got us a clear image of what the host there that we heard said was obviously a toy is how Jaws people are painting. If it was obviously a toy, somebody out there in in the Twitter sphere would have would have pointed that out by now. Would have figured that out and pointed that out by now because we got detectives everywhere. And by the way, can I just state this? It's such a terrible excuse anyway. Like, it's so bad. If it's so all right, it's a toy gun. Why are you even kidding around? Why are you joking? If if I'm actually going to believe the story that it's a toy gun, then you are still, you know, thumbing your nose at everybody and you're making a joke about your very serious situation that you told us you went to rehab for to, to, to figure out. And you went to the NBA and you talked to Adam Silver and you said, you know, mental health things going on, depression and all this other stuff is going on. And now just two months later, you're joking around with a toy gun in the front, like, front seat of the car. Like, like. The entire situation from beginning to end screams young pro athlete who doesn't get it. And I hope somebody tries to help Ja Morant get it. Including his excuses. His excuses are things he shouldn't be doing. It's a toy you know what gun. I mean? He's like, no, I wasn't doing that thing I shouldn't have been doing. I was doing another thing I shouldn't have been doing. Guys, come on. Just think it, you know, just think about if it was you. If it was you and it was a toy oh, I have gun, a much better lie. Well, oh, you're saying if it was a if toy it was gun, a toy gun, you would immediately tell everybody under the sun. John Morant and his family knows a, they know a bunch of people in the media, not the Breakfast Club. They would go to those people and say, for, "I'd call Adrian Wojnarowski, be on the phone with everybody." It's a toy. Two weeks later, they drop this to the I don't know who she is from the Breakfast Club. I got an inside scoop. The toy gun. I don't know. That's the that's the weakest thing. Ridiculous. <laughs> they all regrouped. They got together. They're like, how do we spin this? It took them two weeks to come up with toy gun. Speaking of Way ridiculous, uh, coming up, we'll have the latest overpriced technological quote unquote breakthrough. I really don't. I swear to God, I what, don't. What were you doing during the break? I was eating some granola mm. and drinking some water. Yeah. Remember our conversation yesterday about how... The, Into the microphone? The, the, I can't eat around here? The, the rustling of bags and all of that stuff and the eating. Oh, this is a loud bag. I will me? give you that. The day after I discussed that, Rami comes in. Now, that in is not the first with a, time. With a bag of whatever it is. This is not the first time Peanut I've eaten granola. Peanut butter protein granola. Oh, it's so good. This is what I shared on uh, and was ridiculed for. What is it a described as? Exchange. Chunky, crunchy. Oh, it's so good. Crunchy. Since you brought it up. Why are you doing that? I came on here ready for the smoke. <laughs> Simone, don't. Don't feed the flames. Don't throw <laughs> gasoline on the fire. Don't. Do not motivate him. Do not egg him on. I'm sorry, Rami. <laughs> we have to ignore him during times like this. You bro- the brother is something special. <laughs> Until you said something about it. No, I wasn't eating it to annoy you. <laughs> I don't know. My big boy did what he always do. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, let's get to this uh, Apple it's Vision really good Pro. Stuff, by the way, just so there's there's lots of discussion about this Apple Vision Pro. Mm-hmm. Most notably, the price, which we'll get to. If you're wondering what this is, because I had no idea what the hell this was, 
Uh, the Apple says uh, Apple says Vision Pro is its entry into spatial computing. Now, none of us have an idea what that is. In practical terms, it means it's a computer you wear on your face. And then instead of staring into a phone screen or monitor, you look into the headset and sometimes uh, through it to see digital images overlaid on the world around you. You can plug it into the wall or use a battery pack to power it. Apple promises that Vision Pro can do many of the things you can do on an iPhone or MacBook. Run apps, use FaceTime. There you go, Rami. (laughs) Watch movies. But instead of manipulating the software with a mouse or a keyboard or a touchscreen, you'll use your eye movements and hand movements because it has cameras trained on your face as well as the outside world. Wow. What could go wrong? Have you seen... um What's that movie? The Tom Cruise movie. It's like a sci-fi. Is it Minority no. Report? Yes. Minority Report. Yep. That's, that's what this movie. Look, I saw a demonstration, and that's what it looks like to me, like where the computer is like the, the, the screen, pre-cons. the icons, yeah. whatever it is that you're manipulating on a screen, they're all just, they're just like, they're just in, in midair, just in front of you, and you're doing like, you're seeing my hands do all this. Like, yeah. So I'm like copy, like paste, yeah. you know what I like? A bad mime. <laughs> Highlight, copy, paste over here, yeah. edit. You know what I mean? Like it's all like the world is your screen. The Who world is this? your is your monitor. Do we need this? Or like Iron Man, <laughs> like Iron Man had in his helmet. Do we need this? Um, it looks pretty cool. I have to say, it stupid, does. totally stupid. Do we need? Does it? look pretty cool. And I did experience. Are we not fine with computers and and, and touch screens and and phones? Are we? Our do... eyes are going to be cooked. Yeah, that's the thing I'm worried about. Oh, um, that's the only thing you're worried about is yeah, your the vision. brain, just everything. Yeah, I do. VR is pretty cool. We Virtu- were we were clamoring. We were clamoring for a computer to put on your head. No, that's not really something I was clamoring for. They're it's goggles. A, we, it, yeah, we, it we, looks we, we cool. Were, we all woke up wanting goggles the to, v- to move around our apps. Mm, no, I don't goggles. really care about that. the The VR aspect of it, but VR is nothing new. The VR aspect of it. Oh, is of fun. course not. For like entertainment, like immersive entertainment, video games, movies, things of the sort. I mean, that's something that I actually, you know, know of is the the virtual reality. I do know what that is. But the whole, what did they call it? What was the the, the fancy term? Spatial for- computing. Yeah. Stupid. Totally stupid. You know what's even I don't more think stupid? I needed that. They're charging three thousand four hundred and ninety nine dollars for this. That's crap. That's where you get me. Thirty five hundred bucks for oversized snow goggles that you you know skiing goggles that you wear to go do what you do on your phone or computer that you already own and paid a lot less money for. Yeah, when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I saw the price, and I was like, nope, I'm out. There's no use for this. Thirty five. That's a Kia. Thirty five hundred dollars. This is thirty five hundred dollars. Like this is something that. Rich people have, and they they brag about having it on social media. Those are the only people that will use this thing. If you're listen, I'm going to give some people some life advice. If you are a normal human, quote unquote, do not spend thirty five hundred dollars on goggles. When you already, especially when you already have a computer and a, and a phone, don't do it. I know people who know like the tech industry, who work in the tech industry, Nick, and they swear that like once. Because this thing got destroyed yesterday on social media and on Twitter, especially the price point. Other people are saying it's heavy. Before we get to your point that you're going to make here, I I do want to play the reaction to the people that were there witnessing this 
this yeah. presentation when they drop the $3,499 bomb on them. At $3,499. It will be available early next year on Apple.com and at Apple retail stores in the U.S. Oh. <laughs> Mass groans and boos Some from people the audience. Laughing. Some people yes. audibly laughing. Yes. And I've I've heard, like I said, from people who are in the tech industry, et cetera, et cetera, who swear like this is this is the reaction when Apple and other big tech companies release this stuff. And then next thing you know, everybody's got it. And it's a ten billion dollar profit product. I, I I don't see necessarily the need or the use for it. That price point seems crazy to me. I also wouldn't be surprised if everybody had one in a year and a half. Weren't they supposed to drop the glasses? Is this just the evolution of it? The They did drop the, the glasses, up? and oh. nobody wanted that, did oh, okay. they? Oh, okay. Well, okay. Nobody wanted that. That never took off. This is one of the most useless ideas I've seen in a while. <laughs> it's It's addressing something that's already addressed well enough. The kids want spatial computing, man. That's what the kids want. Don't be such a boomer. Well, kids got to sell a lot of lemonade to pay for it. Could you imagine? And you're all hooked up and you can't see what's going on. Someone just comes by and clips your, your well, no, expensive you can, goggles. You can still see. You Like the room. This is so stupid. Is the, whatever, whatever the backdrop is, is There's the backdrop. Be blind spots or what if you're focused on whatever you're watching? I Someone can't, just comes up and sideswipes you. I can't possibly describe how stupid this is. <laughs> It's so stupid. You know, some things come out and they're really expensive, and I go, oh, I'd, I'd love to have one of those. This, I no. There's just no point. When do you even have the time? You're going to, like, sit around at home and put goggles? So what we're doing hey, man, is. People thought this thing on. was stupid and unnecessary. Hold on. When it first came out. This world. Now I can't put it down. This world, okay, that already has a hard time communicating with people like actual humans. Already. Already. On our phones, nonstop, in the car, on the phone, on the pooper, on the phone, on the couch, on the phone. phone. I do. Dining room table, on the phone. Doctor's appointments, on the. It's not. So now, now we're going to go with goggles. So you can be even less of a human to communicate with people. And now you could sit there at the dining room table with your family with (laughs) goggles on, moving your hands around. Like a mime that doesn't quite get what he's supposed to be doing. I'm not saying I agree with it, but is this not the direction we've been moving in? What, what makes you think we're going to we? stop? You got a moving? frog in your pocket? No, Don't include me. a human race. And, and what I'm saying is we shouldn't be moving into that uh, direction. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying, like, what makes you think we're going to stop moving in that direction? I'm, I, I have no hope of that. I'm just saying. Again, what we're doing is we're just worsening a problem that's I don't get already it. an epidemic. I don't get world. it. Like you don't get it. I also wouldn't be surprised if we all had one in a year and a half or two years. Nah, I, the only reason I say I'm no is because one. VR. Yeah, like if you're not into that. Another thing too There's for no me. Shot in hell, I have one of these. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm not a gamer. I think this is kind of geared towards more what you're saying, Rami. More technologically advanced cats who who feel like they got to talk on. You know, uh, PlayStation Plus and all that stuff all the time. So let me let me just do this. If you're on YouTube, okay, you, you go to like, uh, you know, you go to the airport and the people are talking on their phones and all that, and they're oh, on their I computers and they're. Now imagine that you're in the airport and you're in line, and you got this idiot with these goggles on going like this while you're trying to board a plane <laughs> because he's trying to get to his app. 
He looks like Spider-Man stuck in a queue. <laughs> He's working. He's getting his boarding pass. It's remote, it's remote work. That's what we want. The man's just working. That's what we want. We want a bunch of these people. He was just opening a new airports, Google Doc. The grocery store. Exactly. <laughs> That's want, what I was thinking of. Searching for coupons on that thing. Want, oh, my God. We want Mary in aisle eight. <laughs> Going bananas with her goggles on. I love the idea that every, all, the, all the histrionics Nick just did was to open a new Google Doc. Yeah. <laughs> Download a PDF. They had to make a note to remind themselves of something when the, when the plane lands. Oh, those optometrists are going to be so, so Oh, they're going to love it. They're yeah. going to love it. They're going to love it. they're going to love it. Tom, where's my Excel spreadsheet? Tom! Tom! I can't find it! You just don't get it, Nick. No, I get it. I get it too well. That's the problem. Watching myself on YouTube this is what the something. kids what want. What the hell am I doing? This is what the kids want. Yeah, the, the ones that can't afford anything. Yeah, they're, they're the ones that want it. That can't actually pay for the product. Ugh, can you imagine the flock of people just annoying me every second with this stupid thing? Picturing everybody in a restaurant or walking down the street in these big stupid goggles. They're apparently heavy too, so you better get your neck workout in before you go and get. Oh, the chiropractors Yeah, chiropractors, optometrists, everybody's going to love it. This is going to be a flop. They're going to have a bunch of people who can't even work their necks because of this stupid thing. (laughs) Everybody's walking around with their head down like a zombie, now searching through the phone. They're going to be blind. (laughs) You're going to have to tie your head up to your car seat to the back so you can keep your head straight. To actually drive because you're going to break the way, your neck. Have your goggles on while you drive because that's where all your like your miles per hour, your gas ah. gauge, everything right and there in the goggles. And then when you get in an accident, you can just call for help right there. The goggles call for you. Within your goggles, yeah. yeah. All right. You okay, bud? What would we, uh, pretty good work out there. <laughs> would we pay Sasha Vizankov what he reportedly wants? more granola. It's that next. Cattles. And Rami. Sacktown Sports.